0: it's Leslie Ludy host of the set apart girl podcast biblical encouragement for women of all ages today we're going into part two of how to build a Christ-centered small group so if you missed last week's episode be sure to tune in because we laid the foundation of what it means to build a Bible study or a women's group or mentoring group on truly biblical principles I want to start out this week by sharing with you the story of maybe some of you have heard this before but this is a story of when Eric and I we were traveling and speaking in a lot of different churches. And it was kind of a turning point for me because we were backstage and we were with the worship team. And it was right before we went out to speak. And this worship team was, was really just minutes away from going on stage and leading people into a time of worship and focus on Christ. But their focus backstage was anything but on Jesus Christ. They were talking about very trivial, shallow, even crude things of pop culture. They were talking about episodes of, of TV. shows they had watched the night before and how funny they were. They were talking about popular movies and pro sports teams, anything but something of eternal value. And then the moment the pastor came in and said, okay, time to pray, we're going out on stage in one minute, they sort of like switched into a different mode and suddenly became all spiritual and just went right out on stage and just, you know, raising their hands and singing all sincerely. And just seeing that kind of hypocrisy and just that lack of true spiritual preparation really made an impression on me. And, it was really like God used that experience to say, turn, you know, I was I was disturbed by what I was seeing, and God was saying, turn the gaze around and look at your own soul. Are you doing that, that same thing in your life where you're not truly living what you're preaching? And at that time, I was in full-time ministry, but God really convicted me that every aspect of my daily life needed to reflect him. It needed to all be about him. I couldn't just sort of have my ministry cap that I would put on and in my everyday life cap. It all needed to be centered around Jesus Christ, otherwise it would be hypocritical. Some of the most Christ-centered ministries that I've encountered over the years are not ones that are very public and in the limelight. A lot of times they're more behind the scenes. They are maybe reaching out to the needy. They're in impoverished countries. They're working with orphans or ministering to the persecuted or simply working in America with with people who are truly in dire need, who are at the end of their rope. And those kinds of ministries are oftentimes the most Christ-centered because they're not distracted by trying to look a certain way to other people. They're just really behind the scenes. Working with those who can't improve their popularity status. Now, that's not to say that you have to be working with the homeless to have a Christ centered ministry, but I think it's a very interesting thing to note. Whereas other ministries I've seen that are very front and center can so quickly get the focus off of Jesus Christ because we become distracted with what other people think of us. So I want to look today at what does it really mean to keep your focus on Christ, keep your gaze on Christ, rather than be leading a small group and trying to. To impress other people or come across as really funny or witty or creative or get as many people as you can to think your ministry is the best or those those silly traps that we can so easily fall into when our focus does not remain on Christ. And I think the experience that I had of watching that worship team is something that all of us need to think about when it comes to our daily life. If you are leading a small group or even if you are participating in a small group, if you have two different hats that you wear during the week, one is your. every Everyday hat, and then the other is your ministry hat, and that's when you become, you know, spiritual and talk about Christ, and the rest of the week it's just centered on worldly things or your own things, then you're really not uh, prepared to have a Christ centered ministry, and you need to go back and say, Okay, Lord, how do I make Every area of my life built around you, as opposed to just fitting you in when it's convenient. Because if that is the case, if you're putting on a ministry cap and you're not living consistently with your gaze upon Christ the whole week, every single day, then your ministry truly will not be effective. You may impress people at first with your wit or your music or your talent or whatever it is, but you're not going to impact them for eternity unless your life is centered around Jesus Christ. Last week, we talked about the first two principles for a Christ-centered small group, and the first one was that it needed to be truth-based. We need to have a reverence for the word of God and weigh any outside material that we're bringing into our group against scripture, not just not along with it or bring it into the group just because it happens to be popular in the Christian culture. The second is that it needs to be based on prayer. When you cover your ministry in prayer, long before you ever gather with the people that you're ministering to, God does amazing things through prayer, and it helps remind us that none of this is is about us. It's all about him, and we without him, we truly can do nothing. And so if, if we're stepping into leading a small group or even participating in a small group without prayer, it's this sort of prideful attitude like, well, I can do this myself. But when we come to God in prayer saying, Lord, I'm just a vessel, I'm just a tool for you to work through, uh, that's when God can really do powerful things. Now, the next two principles of a Christ-centered small group are what we're going to talk about today. And So number three is that it must be all about Jesus. Now, again, this may seem like an obvious one, but that's kind of what we've been talking about since the beginning of this episode. It has to be all about Jesus, not just, uh, you know, when we happen to be reading a scripture or praying, but the whole entire focus of the group in the first place needs to be for him and for his glory. One of the stories I always think back to is when Amy Carmichael first began ministering to needy factory girls in Ireland before she ever became a missionary in India she was just a young woman and it was it was quite a big endeavor that she started there in Ireland these factory girls had no one to reach out to them and she was building this this facility where they could come and gain life skills and gain bible teaching and people were really impressed with that, what she was doing a lot of wealthy fashionable christians in the community heard about what she was doing and wanted to be involved But she would often sense that many of them wanted to be involved for the wrong reasons. She turned away people who simply wanted to impress others with their good deeds or gain an ego boost by devoting some time or money to a worthy cause. She only wanted to partner with believers who cared far more about the glory of Jesus Christ than their own personal benefit. This principle is absolutely crucial for any truly Christ-centered ministry, small group or otherwise. Our involvement, whether as a leader or a participant, must be for the glory of our King, for Jesus Christ, and not for our own personal benefit. Now, we may receive some personal benefits from being a part of a small group, but that cannot be our motive for why we're leading or participating. It's so easy to come into a small group meeting or a Bible study asking the question, what am I going to get out of this? When in reality, we should be asking the question, what is God going to get out of this? Our primary purpose for gathering together with other believers should be to lift high the name of Jesus Christ. In Christian meetings, we so often believe it's our right to be entertained, catered to, or applauded, and pretty soon it becomes all about us rather than all about him. In the last episode, I talked about attending a small group at my church In the last episode, I talked about attending a small group through my church when I was in my late teen years, and I remember that there was such a unified focus on Jesus Christ. He was the reason that we were gathering, and he was always given first place. People didn't try to take center stage or impress other people with their cleverness or their spiritual depth. He was the guest of honor, and we were seeking to glorify him through our worship, prayers, and conversations. And I remember that even the songs that were chosen for worship were very purposeful. They weren't those kind of me, me lyrics that we often hear today, but they were songs that kept our thoughts and our gaze on his worthiness, on his holiness, on his goodness. Back then, I think I might've just taken it for granted that this was the norm for most Christian gatherings, but now I realized what a gift it was to find a group of believers who made Jesus Christ their true North Star, their center focus. So if you're the leader of a small group, ask God to continually purify your motive for leading the group? Are you doing this for recognition or applause? Do you want to draw attention to your own wit or abilities? Or is your primary aim to point eyes to Jesus Christ and to get out of the way so that he can be clearly seen? As I've said many times over throughout these podcast episodes, I love the example of John the Baptist because he set such an incredible... A path for us when he spoke about his role in ministry, getting out of the way so that Jesus could be clearly seen. He said, he who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I... Must decrease, and that's from John 3 29 through 30. Look for ways that you can cultivate a focus on Christ during the gatherings of your group. Christ focused worship, Christ focused conversation, and Christ focused prayer. Remember, there is no such thing as a Christian meeting that is too focused on Jesus Christ. Now, if you're participating in a small group, one of the best ways that you can keep the focus on Christ is by approaching gatherings with an unselfish attitude. Instead of asking, what can I get? Try asking, what can I give? When you are continually looking for ways to point others to Jesus and not to yourself, you honor your king and keep him in his rightful position as the guest of honor. If I be lifted up, Jesus says, I will draw all men to me. And Colossians 1.18 and Colossians 10.31 both remind us that we are to give him first place in everything. No matter what practical issue your small group might be studying together, whether it's marriage, purity, parenting, money management, etc., the ultimate purpose should always be for the glory of Jesus Christ. Because again, without him, we can do nothing. And the next quality is that it must be outward focused. I have been at so many Christian gatherings that focus only on our issues, our struggles and our needs. Now, God certainly does care about providing answers to our issues and struggles and needs, but he doesn't stop there. In fact, he desires to make us strong in him so that we can give that strength to others. Jesus said, freely you have received, now freely give. We are the body of Christ, meaning that we are his hands and his feet upon this earth. If we're not doing the work of building his kingdom, selflessly serving, witnessing, building his kingdom, and rescuing souls, then who is? One of the things that I really, really appreciated about my former small group and my teen years was the outward focus that was cultivated there. I remember the leaders organizing opportunities for us to serve at homeless shelters or provide meals for refugees, visit local prisons or local hospitals, and even go on short-term missions trips and evangelism outreaches. Some of the families became involved in caring for foster children or adoption, and others in the group diligently supported them with practical help in prayer. These experiences helped remind us that the purpose of our gathering wasn't just to simply enjoy the good news for ourselves, but to share it with others in need. Now, even if your small group isn't able to go on a missions trip or volunteer at a homeless shelter, you can still cultivate an outward-focused attitude among those who attend. I've known youth groups who have collectively sponsored children through Compassion International or other groups that have chosen a persecuted country to pray for. I've known other groups that have adopted an overseas orphanage and sent needed supplies and loads of other things that you can do as a group to keep the focus outward. So ask God for specific ways that your group can become Christ's hands and feet to this lost and dying world. If you're a group leader, you can also cultivate an attitude of outward living in your exhortations and in your conversations. You can encourage the members of your group to look for ways they can begin to serve those they encounter on a daily basis, whether it be a neighbor, a coworker, or a family member. Encourage them to share their faith with non-believers. Allow them to share what they are learning about living an outward-focused life. Turning Outward is a wonderful way to cultivate unity and purpose within any group of believers. An outward focused group is typically a happy and thriving group because there is such great joy in knowing that we are functioning as Christ intended his body to function. So here are some final thoughts that I want to share with you about a Christ-centered small group. For many of us, attending Christian gatherings has become more of an obligation rather than a joyful privilege, but there is something so powerful about gathering together with other believers when we are gathered for the glory of God. I often think about Christians overseas who must literally risk their lives in order to meet together with other believers. That should help remind us that it is truly a precious gift to gather together in his name and to exhort one another, as it says in Hebrews, in our common faith. May we never take it for granted. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. For more on this topic or to go deeper into what it means to build a Christ-centered life, please visit us at setapartgirl.com. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.